Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. So I just came back from teaching in Phoenix and meeting in Phoenix and Phoenix is one of our oldest centers outside of uh, Los Angeles and uh, wow it is you feel like you're going back in time because it has maintained the ashram setting of um, people living in, a ho in houses that dominate a street, right? So every place you go on the street, you see yogis. It'd be a beautiful if that became the way of life in the world itself. You know? times which are insane is a mudra of sanity. Take your little finger and your thumb and your ring finger and your thumb, bring them together like this. Then cross, then bring these two fingers like, you know, like a peace sign and cross the right over the left. So it looks like a, like a pound sign, yes? Hmm? And then you place this right in front of the solar plexus. 
Now, the solar plexus are the root of your emotional body, the root of your emotional body. And that's why when you get highly emotional, anxiety, things like this, depression, stay, things like this, you get that gut-wrenching sensation, yes? Hmm? Because that root is always a spiral. It spirals in and it spirals out. It spirals in and it spirals out. You know when somebody really offends you, you feel like you've been punched in the gut? That's because you take it in at the root of your emotional body. And the key to deflecting that is literally, literally, literally just let it go, let it go. One time, Yogi Bhajan said, I'm going to train you, Guru Singh. Make room for one more. I'm going to train you, Guru Singh, he said. And then he just started. It wasn't yelling and it wasn't screaming. It was um, what you might call volume at 11. You remember the, um, what was it? Uh, spinal tap, right? And uh, they had made a special number on, their on the volume control that they could turn it all the way up to 11 because volume controls traditionally only go up to 10, right? And so all of a sudden he went, and he was just talking to me and it lasted for about three seconds. And it was such power that it, it knocked me back, right? But it was personal. It wasn't like he was just talking about the mountains. It was personal. He said, okay, come back. He said, now, when that happens, just even if you don't do it physically, in your psycho-emotional body, just do a feign, F-E-I-G-N, yes? So you feign, you feign that blow. Because what you're doing, what you're actually doing when somebody is offensive to you, is you're taking it on so that you have evidence to prove them incorrect later on, right? Yogi Bhajan said, you take an arrow in your brain just to prove that someone shot at you. Hmm? Yeah? And that's what you're doing constantly. Constantly. And then it gives you a lot of energy so you can come back with a boom, right? And what does that create? It creates the exact insanity of war that we are prevailing on the earth today with. Tearing children from their parents, tearing parents from their children, and shipping them a hundred miles away. Like there's some line that you cannot cross. It's total nonsense. But the same nonsense is being held not just in nations, but in religions. And so what you have to do when that offensiveness, when, or when that limitation comes at you, feign, just let it go by, let it go by, let it go by. A great movie to watch, in, if you can put up with subtitles. I can't put up with subtitles except occasionally, and this was one of the ones that I could occasionally, because you're always just reading, you know, and then you don't get to watch, and then you're reading, and I go, either I'm going to read or I'm going to watch, so just, you know, pick one of the two. Hmm? Hero, 
made in China. When this volley, a black cloud literally, of arrows from the enemy ranks, so to speak, but it's all symbology, were descending upon the earth, there was a hero and a heroine. And the hero had a, a bamboo stake, stick like this, you know, like a, a rattan stick. And he was twirling it above his head. And as he twirled it above his head, he was breaking the arrows. And so he had like this umbrella that the arrows couldn't come through. The heroine, the feminine version of that same thing, had two silk shawls. And she was doing this. And she was catching the arrows in the shawls, like breaking their trajectory in, the shawl, in these shawls. And this was an umbrella over her. This is what he was talking about. So he told me, he says, okay, stand back up. And I, know, and I thought he was going to explain something to me. And he said, now look, just boom, just boom. And that's all he said, just boom, just boom. And then boom, he blasts me again. Now this was a man who had some special volume. I think he was above 11. He was probably at about 21. And when that volume would strike you from that distance, it was a physical event, right? And so he started bombarding me again, lasted for about two or three seconds, and it moved me backwards. He said, okay, come here. And he did this on and on and on for about half an hour. And he, pretty soon he was like grabbing me and pulling me back, and grabbing me and pulling me back. He says, okay, now feign like this, feign like this, feign like this. He says, do not let my words strike you. Can you do that in today's world? Can you not let this world strike you? Can you enter this world as if you are here to be a solution to the world? You know, if, if a property is burning, do you expect the firemen to run in and go, Ooh, it's too hot in there. Is that what you expect? When you go to the doctor, do you expect the doctor to go, Ew, you're sick. <laughs> when you take your accounting to the uh, accountant, do you expect him to go, Oh my God, what a mess. Because yes, you are sick. And yes, you, yes, it is a mess. And yes, it is hot in there. But you feign. They feign because of who they are. The fireman feigns the heat. The accountant feigns your mess. The doctor feigns your sickness. You should feign each other's insanity. Whenever it happens. Because all insanity is a call for balance, is a cry for balance. And the greater the insanity, the greater the cry for balance is. It's not there for you to go, wow, that's insanity. The cosmos knows that. The cosmos knows that. It doesn't need you to describe it. It doesn't need you to depict every single detail of the insanity of this world right now. Can you believe? Can you believe? Oh my God, they did it again. Right? 
Like, when are you going to unhook and reattach to your dharma, to your mission, to your purpose of being here on earth? Because the moment you do that, you're going to be in that realm in which you are. And this happened to me with him because the moment I started to faint, I mean, I got it after about 16 minutes, you know, because it was tough, you know, it was like all encompassing and foo foo. And I was feigning and I was seeing, he kept, then he kept it going, then it kept it going. Now I was riding the dragon, as the, as the masters would say. Now I was riding this energy. Well, I was in his presence, so I felt really secure. But if you're riding the dragon out there in the world and you feel like you're on your own, you've got to create this identical identity that is never shifting. And that is the identity of your commitment. And your commitment is not to something, it is something. You understand that? Your commitment is not to something, it is something. Your commitment is what it is, but it isn't what it's to. You're not committed to something. You're committed. And when you're committed, you feign the offensive, you deflect the bombardment, and you proceed forward. Feign the offensive, deflect the bombardment, and proceed forward. So take your hands, take your hands, come, and put your little finger and your ring finger, hmm? like this. Take your two fingers, peace, go that, peace. I just made that up, but do it, peace. Say it, peace. peace. There you go. It helps, doesn't it, huh? It's an affirmation. And put them right in front of your solar plexus. Hmm? Right in front of your solar plexus. That coordination, that order, is the order of your commitment. This is the nature of your deflection. Because what is this? This is the brain, this is the mind, this is the heart, this is the body. So this is the head brain and the heart brain, the head and the body. Right? So you have all of that connected right here in front. Hmm? Hmm? So listen, don't, don't sing for just a minute. Guru Guru Wahe Guru Guru Ram Das Guru 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 Now come in. Wahe Guru Guru Ram Das Guru 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 you see what it is is that you are in the wilderness and you're lost and you're okay with that because the moment you're okay with being lost you're found that's what the world is the world is really difficult to follow so don't follow it See, that's the key. Follow you. But once you try to change the sensation of being lost, you're lost. 
once you try to force upon the lost sensation, the sensation of your expertise, you're out of touch with the moment and therefore you're lost. So you bring all of this, like historical data, psychological data, this data, that data, all this data, into the moment. You're not in the moment, you're in the data. The data may have some resemblance, it may have some sense, but it, it isn't the moment. And the solution is only in the moment. The solution is not in the data. Do you understand that? The solution is not in the data, it's in the moment. And in order to be in touch with the moment, you have to be lost in the moment so that you can be found in the moment. Guru, Guru, Wah, hey Guru. Guru Ram Das Guru. Guru, Guru, Wah, hey. Let it take you. Guru Ram Das Guru. Guru, Guru. So you can go anywhere you want to go. You have that freedom. Do you understand? And when somebody else objects to your freedom, they're taking their time away from the moment. The moment you become offended by them being offended, now you've followed them outside the moment. Is that clear? So when somebody is offended by you in the moment, that's part of the moment. Be okay with that. Well, that was a good offense. Wow. Well, that was a good offense. And that's what he taught me in that 31-minute meditation. Well, <laughs> feigning is to allow the offensive to be offensive. Wow, that was a 10. On the scale of 1 to 10, that was a 10. That was good offensive. And what will happen is that you will no longer have evidence that they are wrong. And so ultimately they will become right. Not in what they are, but in what is right. Because they will fall into the moment because they'll lose themselves outside the moment and they won't find you with them. So then they'll start following you into the moment and then they'll settle down. This is the power of nonviolence. This is how Gandhi. And you know what Gandhi said? When somebody asked him, how long will this take? He said, as long as it takes. There's not a prescription here. Because this moment has never existed before. So whatever your moments are, they've never existed before. How long will it take? It'll take as long as it takes. And there's nothing to compare it to and go, well, why is this taking so long? What is so long? What is that measurement? It's a ridiculous statement. This is taking too long. What is too long? Is that more than one long? <laughs> Less than three long? If you have two too longs, it makes four long.
That's how you have to mentally, two-dimensionally relate. Brain-mind, um, head-brain, relate. Because the only thing that's going to get this is your gut. Your gut's going to connect you to this and your heart is going to maintain the circulation. So what happens between in relationship is the gut connects, the heart circulates, the head determines whatever. And if you can keep the gut connected and the heart circulating long enough, the head's going to get what's called entrained, E-N-T-R-A-I-N-D, E-N-T-R-A-I-N-E-D, entrained. It means that it just, by default, becomes that. That's how long it takes. <laughs> I want to quote Yogi Bhajan, so I'm going to read it. True religion is to realize origin. Realize origin with each breath. You're in communion with every breath. You're in oneness with every breath. You're in spirit. You're inspired with every breath. You don't achieve this because it always exists. You become aware of this when you let yourself go like this. When you give yourself freedom like this. Freedom like joy and happiness is something that comes from within you. This is Kundalini. This is humanology. We practice what knows this. We practice what shows this. We practice what lives this. So what we do in this room, what you do at your home, is you practice what knows that all of this is true. And so you practice it to show yourself that all of this is true. And then you practice it so that you can live as if all of this is true. Hmm. Now this mudra is very, very, very powerful. I want you to use it a lot in these times. These times are not the times of alternate truths or alternate facts. These times are the times of alternate. Do you understand? Do you understand? Don't think it's limited to anything. It is random, it is chaos, and it is the universe going back to its origins to reform itself. Because the direction that humanity was going was not caused by what is presently available. It was caused and what is presently available has come along to change the cause. You understand? This is evolution at its best. What we're experiencing here is evolution at its best. So take this right hand. We're doing mantras and mudras to begin with because this is where we affect 
the belief system most definitely. And then we're going to go into our asanas. But take your right hand and place it in Mahamudra. And take your left hand and make a cup. And the way Yogi Bhajan described this, he said it's the way the yogis would do it, is that they would sit up to their uh, solar plexus in the Ganges, in the Ganga. And that's the river. Hmm? And they would sit because there's these sandy banks, banks along the edge where there's you know, shallowish water. And they would sit up to their uh, solar plexus in this water, which is, as I said, the root of the emotional body. And water is the element of the emotions. And they would be taking, they would cup water in Mahamudra and pour it into their receptive hand, like this. And we will chant with that. because we're broadcasting Facebook Live off of a lapel mic, so I wanted this lapel mic to pick up everybody. I wasn't turning my back on you.
<laughs> so don't be offended, but do be offended and then feign it, right? <laughs> okay, Satnam, my guru. So what we have here is we have this opportunity in today's world. We have this huge opportunity in today's world. I mean, it's a blessing in a big disguise, right? <laughs> a blessing in a huge disguise is a mic for you later on. That is, for us to be really, really ignited. Hmm? And so the, the asanas that we're going to practice in today's class are going to be for the purpose of igniting those body parts. You know, God bless all the religions. They're really good, but they have wandered far from the original teachings. Because people get lazy. One time Yogi Bhajan said, you know, the kosher laws were because there was about a hundred commandments that nobody was willing to follow. And the statement, thou shalt not kill, was a statement about food. In other words, don't kill to eat. Grow to eat. Pick to eat. Uproot to eat. But, you know, as indolence happens and entropy continues, life follows gravity unless inspiration follows levity. And so as life would follow gravity through all of these religions, even the Sikh religion, the Muslim religion, the Christian religion, the Jewish religion, the Hindu religion, everything, parts of it are lost. Parts of it are lost over time. And those parts are really important because those parts are the ones that deeply ignite you. They move you. They make you move. So if you're becoming lazy, as humanity tends to, as caused by gravity, then life is 70 years, 80 years long, and people say, wow, he's 90, as if it's some kind of miracle. Read in the ancient scriptures these two, three, four hundred-year-old people. That's not fairy tales. That's reality. People got tired of living. So they started dying earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. And now they say you have a midlife crisis at 40, which in those days was like a baby. You're having a midlife crisis in the crib? Get real. 90, 100 years, that's an early out. That's like playing hooky from life. And what religions taught in those ancients where they would live was that you eat to live. You don't kill to live. You don't even kill each other to live. You live with each other. And that's what the realized origin, that realized origin comes from. All this other blood stuff, eat blood, drink blood, spill blood, spill the other's blood to gain their territory, spill your blood to die for your country, die for an invisible line. 
No, this is the new way. We're having to introduce it slowly. What was the headlines over the weekend? Global nationalism is reacting to the idea of globalization, of, of global citizens. Right? It's a natural thing, isn't it? For every action there is a reaction. And what is the tendency? The tendency is to see each other as brothers and sisters, correct? To see all humanity as brothers and sisters. To see all lifestyles, as long as they're not intrusive, abusive, as lifestyles, choices of life, correct? And that since we all come from the same origin, how many people came here in a Lexus? I guess that was a bad move. <laughs> how many came here in a Toyota? Okay. Those can stay. Everybody else must leave. It's like, what vehicle are you riding in? Are you riding in a Christian vehicle, a Muslim vehicle, a Sikh vehicle, a Hindu vehicle, a Jewish vehicle? It's just a vehicle. It's not what you are. Your blood cells don't know what vehicle you're in. It is not an imprint, even at a genetic level. And so it's definitely not an imprint at a soul level. Clear? And so what we have to do is introduce this slowly because the world is having a tizzy fit in reaction to the fact that this is what evolution is moving forward. And so doing those things which put you in your center point, put you in your identical identity. Identical identity means that no matter what is happening, your identity is identical to what it is. No matter what is happening. That's the definition of mastery. That no matter what is happening around you, you are exactly the same. And that's what we're working towards. We're not working towards the best reaction. We're working towards non-reaction, which allows the solution to come forward. Because a reaction is just an attachment to some past memory which doesn't allow anything to come forward except for your past memory. And then you imprint the present moment with your past memory, and then the present moment becomes the past. And the more you hold on to that, the less you give yourself forward, the less you forgive, the sooner you will die. Because suddenly, ultimately, your body can't sustain the pressure between stretching between the distant past that it's living in and the present which is alive. Is this clear? So, take your right hand, take your left hand, and in mentally chanting, hummy hum, to me too. Wahe Guru, just do this. We'll do this for the first three minutes here. And this simply means that God is infinite. I am infinite. I am equal to that God. Because we have to reaffirm
reaffirm, reaffirm so that we have that identity which is constantly identical no matter what is going on around us. Reaffirm, reaffirm. So this is a really important um, set. You can get a copy of it at the front desk. And these mantras and these mudras are really there for stabilizing you in these moments so that you consistently have that identity of your commitment. That identity of your commitment that you always know because when you have, it's like a lighthouse, Yogi Bhajan referred to it as a lighthouse. When you always have that point of reference, no matter what is happening around you, you're always there. You're always there. And you don't invest in what is going on around you. You're aware of what is going on around you. You keep investing in that identity in that identity, which is connected to infinity. Hmm? So these mudras, these mudras, hmm? this, become aware several times during the day of how your energy and your awareness of that energy is being maintained. Hmm? Really well done. Today is Tuesday. It's a Mars day. On Mars days, people drive crazy, so don't drive crazy. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.